patchouli. <laughs> That's good because you're getting the p sound in the ch. Did you make up that word, patchouli? No. Patchouli it- is like a weird herb that hippies use. Oh. For, I don't know, a myriad of things. All right. But you're testing the p sound and the ch sound. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Patchouli. Pa- patchouli. <laughs> patchouli. <laughs> Right, I guess I can start here. You know Strider's in here. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> I'm gonna be distracted the whole time. Whenever you're done petting him, I'll, I'll go ahead and start this. Go. Hey guys, this is Rob, and welcome to question number 13. Why should I give a damn about vinegar and vulnerability? It's my interview with Scott Dillon, owner of The Twisted Shrub. How's that? Uh... What was it before? I don't know. How to be vulnerable and not be a fool or something. Can you be confident and vulnerable at the same time? What was wrong with that? Too cheesy. I don't like it. Why can't it be cheesy? I'm here to just be an aura, Rob. You don't have to interview me or guide me. I know. It's just my aura that brings you peace. (laughs) (laughs) My presence gives you mental stability. (laughs) I'm the only thing that you have left to hold on to. It's a dark place inside my mind. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. What are you asking? You talking to me? Who are you? Hot quiz, hot shot. Expect me to talk? I'm forgetting the setup. Yeah. So the next take will be how, how we ran into him. Yeah. Now we talk about. Talk about the free giveaway. Yes. Okay. So first of all, what are we drinking right now? We are drinking, as far as I know, since I didn't make it, a gin and tonic with twisted shrubs, yeah, blueberry was... lemon, I think. I'll check. Super refreshing. It's a great twist on a gin and tonic because yeah, gin and tonics are amazing. Now here is... All right, Sarah. We're not going to, I would normally ask you, what is a shrub? What are we drinking? What goes into it? But I talk with Scott about that. Nice. He was even surprised that I knew about it and that I've made them. Yeah. But this isn't the me show, unfortunately. Go on. Here is the beauty though of this drink and the fact that it sounds like a commercial. We're talking about it. To me, a good cocktail, I'm waving my hands. (laughs) I'm waving my hands around again. (laughs) Always. Uh, To me, a good cocktail or whatever we're talking about, something, whatever someone does is just a gateway to something else, to the real information, the real, like what I'm interested in, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. So by that, in reference to Scott and Twisted Shrub and this whole deal, I want to explain it like this. So we met Scott randomly in passing Mm -hmm. at a Certix tasting, right? Yeah. Certix is a liquor store in Minneapolis near our home. They've got a lot of great free tastings. I've heard. (laughs) I wouldn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, they have a lot of tastings, free tastings. You can go in and there's, they'll have like beer sales, wine sales, liquor sales, and they'll have different setups. They'll invite different people in. Usually Uh, it's like big companies, but this happened to be. Yeah, everybody's been to like a, like a beer or wine tasting. And you can always tell the difference between someone who works for the company, Mm. the startup, like the, the person behind the table giving tastings or the samples owns the company and they're super passionate about it right or they're or they're connected in some way or it's just someone that works for a distribution company and And they don't give a crap and they're like reading the label where's this beer from oh it's uh oh it looks like it's from colorado (laughs) thanks (laughs) (laughs) but scott is not that guy he falls on the other end so we're in there and obviously Mm -hmm. he was super passionate about what he was doing and i'm on i happen to be at the start of a kick a phrase, something I've been thinking a lot about. You're giving me a weird look. <laughs> I thought you meant to say phase. Oh, no. You meant to say phrase. Yes. Okay. Because I'm always saying the wrong word. Well, you're on a kick. That Usually when you're on a kick, you're on... It's A kick is a phase. Mm. A kick is not a I'm phrase. Go, I'm going through a kick, a phase, about a phrase. <laughs> okay. That, that'll do. And that's the phrase is this. Ideas are cheap. 
Execution is everything. Mm. Yeah. Everyone's got a good idea, but no follow through. But what I want to say is that Twisted Shrub is a great example of that because we went up to the their table and Scott was, a, I think his wife was mm-hmm. there too, Casey. Yeah. Met them. They're obviously super passionate about it. It was obvious from the get-go that they were the owners and we start chatting real quick. And the thing about Twisted Shrubs or shrubs in general, like you said, mm-hmm. you have made it at home before. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's an old, old beverage been around for hundreds of years yeah it's one of those things that you could you can make your own rendition at home but uh to perfect it or come up with really uh a consistent product consistent product always different so yeah so for some reason we we met up and with him for Mm. some reason when we were talking with him at the table the picture came to my mind of all these conversations that i'm sure everybody listening has had before you included sarah think about someone that's made something like whether it's I don't know. Maybe it's a pie. Someone, some. I don't know. That's super random. But like your your mom makes a pie, okay. and you're like, man, this is awesome. You should go into business selling pies. Mm. These are so good. Everybody would sell. Everybody buy this. Everybody's been in those conversations, right? Yeah. Like there's a million ideas are cheap. Everyone but, has something that they're like really good at. Yeah, and have had been in a conversation where someone else is like, oh man, you should you should sell this. You should right. market this and get this out there. We've all been in that, and that's the idea. It's cheap. Everybody thinks about that. Mm-hmm. But how do you get from zero to one to be that person? Like, what yeah. goes into being a person that goes, no, actually, we really could do something about this. Mm-hmm. Let's bust our butt and make it happen. And so people that do that, I, I was just in a, the past couple weeks, I've been in a kick of people that have done the work to do that you've been noticing it i've been noticing it so it takes a lot of balls to do that it does because i feel like i have tons of great ideas but i'm just too afraid to take risks like that yeah and then you're afraid that you're going to take something that you enjoyed a hobby or something like if you want to call it that yeah and then by doing it so much sometimes you can ruin it like if you were to go from being a home brewer to owning a brewery you would hate it yeah you would start hating making beer it would steal the fun for you yeah yeah, I guess you're right. Anyway. Which is interesting, too, to do music full-time. <laughs> well, and sometimes you've taken a thing that you loved, and it's not quite so shiny anymore sometimes. Yeah. Because you see what it really, not what music really is, but what working in music really is, and it's not yeah. all glamorous. Yeah, so you have to like love the process of it. Like, Do you still love the process right. of like the work that goes into it? Even you when you're work? playing Kelly Clarkson tunes. I actually love Kelly Clarkson tunes. Okay, bad example. Even when you're playing, oh, what's something you hate? Miley Cyrus. Um, no, you probably Party in the like, USA? That's a great song. Yeah. Give me something else. Even when you hate playing Tom Petty. Tom Petty's great. Everyone likes Tom Petty. Give me something. Even when you hate playing the original Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Because now one of them is like a cool rock god. He was on The Current and everything, which is weird, but that's a tangent. Are you talking about One Direction? One Direction. Uh, I always get them confused. One Direction and Jonas Brothers? Yeah, because I never listened to either of them. No. So to me, they're the same. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. He, Scott of Twisted Shrub, was willing to take the leap when no one else is. I l- remember telling you in the car, I was like, I got to get him on the podcast. We mm-hmm. got to sit down. And what did you say to me? You said, don't email him tonight or tomorrow. Mm, yeah, probably I did say that. Because that looks pathetic. That looks desperate. <laughs> it is interesting reaching out. It's been an interesting process of reaching out to people that I've never met before. Um, and convincing them that I'm not a weirdo. Right. Which leads me to my next thing. Showing up, we met up at Parlor Bar. Mm-hmm. Also a tough thing to show up to a bar, restaurant, venue, coffee shop, where, uh, wherever I've done these interviews and convince them that I'm not a weirdo. That, that in itself is weird to me. What? That someone would think it's weird? Yeah. I mean, it's one thing if you're filming the space, but if you're coming in and just recording yourself, yeah. it's only because you have some gear and not just a cell phone. Yeah, that's People true. Are flipping a tit over it. <laughs> I had to work something in that was a little scandalous. Yeah, but they were really, they ended up being really nice. Good. Super cool. It's uh, cool but cool it just fun. happens. There's always, like, I say, I think like every couple interviews at places, someone just kind of sideways glance. I've never had anybody tell me I couldn't do it there, but some people take more um, convincing, we'll say. Yes. So, Parlor Bar, they were great. And if you stick around to the end of this episode, I've got some more information on Parlor Bar, some of the stuff I learned about them. Uh, Scott talks about his relationship, how Parlor Bar helped lead him to where he is right now. But before we get to that, I've got a very important question for you, Sarah. Yes. This week's question. I have not mentally prepared for this. Good. This week's question comes from iTunes from Sarah T. 
How, well, how would you pronounce this? C-A-E-R-A, then the letter T. The T is probably her last initial. Yeah. It's probably Kara. 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 Kara, Kara. T. All right, yeah. this week's question. I, I doubt that her name is Sarah. I know. Sierra? Sierra. Well, anyway, give it to me. Okay, this week's question. What cat behavior do you wish humans could get away with mimicking? Examples are all-day baths, tongue baths. Okay, that right there is kind of weird. Walking on fences, and then parentheses, you can go literal or metaphorical on that one. I think my initial gut reaction, I just always go weird. If there's go normal or go weird, I go weird. I love that about you. It's hissing. If humans were to be able to hiss at each other, I mean, I love cats. I am not afraid of cats, but a hiss will shut me down. It if says, a cat hisses at you? Back the hell off. Okay. So you wish you could do that to other humans. So if humans could hiss at each other, it would just shut it down. And then it probably would solve some violence issues because hissing is scary. I'm not going to hit you after that. <laughs> you obviously haven't been downtown Minneapolis on a Saturday night past 1 a.m. There's hissing going on. <laughs> yeah, true. I believe that. Or having nine lives, but that doesn't sound as funny, so I'm going to go with hissing. <laughs> okay, if you have a question that you would like read and answered on this podcast, go to iTunes, rate, comment, and subscribe. Leave your name and your question. Perhaps can, how to pronounce your name. If it's, yeah, how to pronounce your name. It doesn't have to be a funny question. It can be serious. It can be whatever you want. Hmm. Leave it as a comment on iTunes. Or you can message us on the website at thecuriouspod.com slash contact. <laughs> Am I enunciating it too much? <laughs> All right. I don't know why. I just had to hey, do that. Speaking of iTunes, after I sat down with Scott, uh, Sarah and I have been totally loving the, the twisted shrubbery. <laughs> the shrubbery that we picked up. Yes, that's good. So I've teamed up with Scott to try to get it in your hands. All you have to do is go to iTunes, rate, comment, and subscribe this week, and we will be drawing winners from the iTunes comments. Get it. What else do I say about that? Is that it? That's pretty. Yeah. We'll let you know next Tuesday. What, 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 what? <laughs> okay, let's get into my conversation with Scott Dillon. I'm pumped about this. It ended up going so deep. I ended up learning so much, and I really believe... I don't know. I really think that if people listen to this and take some of the things that he says to heart, it has the opportunity. It could change the trajectory of someone's life. Is that too intense to say? Uh, it's a bit hefty, but that's your style. My style is hefty. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, so here it is: my conversation with Scott at Parlor Bar. Okay, so what is, what's a shrub for people that don't know? So they, they go back hundreds of years. The colonials made them popular back in the 1700s. A lot of it because, look, they, they discovered scurvy in the 1750s. Okay. And they realized that to prevent scurvy, you needed to have your fruits and your vitamin C. Well, there's no refrigeration at that time. And so the colonials knew that if you use vinegar and sugar to preserve your fruit, that could get you through the winter. And you have those syrups that you then add to some sparkling water. Or just yes. Actually, water, just water yeah. at the time to have your your fruity drinks and you get your vitamin C and hopefully so not it was, die. it was literally being just added to water. Yeah, yep, yep. So use it as a mixer for, yeah. for their fruit-based uh, beverages and, and so that's how they would they would survive through the winter and then yeah. Vic's growing season would happen and they'd be fine. And well, they just stock up every year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. And okay. so with the advent of refrigeration, which I believe was the late 1700s, yep. there was no need to make shrubs anymore. Yep. And so you saw these things go out of favor for hundreds of years. I mean, it, it really until the last... I don't know, seven, eight, nine years, yeah. you started to see shrubs reemerge. A lot of that is due to the fact that people are just looking for more interesting, exciting, what's old is new again flavors. And yeah. the combination of vinegar, which is crazy tart, and there's health benefits, yeah. and you know, combine that with some sweetness on, uh, of the fruit, and then yeah. a little bit of cane sugar, and you have this incredibly intense concoction that makes a great cocktail, makes a great just a soda or beverage. And so people have uh, started to dive back into these things. And, um, you know, we're hoping that we're just at the very beginning of this reemergence and we'll see. Yeah. But, uh, but you just, you see this, this desire for more interesting, non-mainstream, good for you, better for you foods and drinks and shrubs 
also known as drinking vinegars, mm-hmm. that fits right in there. So it's no wonder yeah. these things are starting to take off, and we're happy to be along. Drinking vinegars. Yeah, yeah, it's so appealing, so right? Awesome. Yeah. What's it, there's two terrible words okay. to describe these: shrubs, which yep. is an awful word. Yeah. It comes from the word sharab, which is Arabic for drink or to drink. That goes back centuries. So awesome. I hope you don't think I made that word up to describe a drink <laughs> using totally a good. landscaping I, tree. Yeah. But, but um, uh, totally made up. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But, but the other word is drinking vinegars, and mm-hmm. neither are terribly appealing. But um, yeah. but that's okay. You know, the, the key is to explain to people what they are and why yeah. and why they need them. I feel like intentionality, like intentional drinking, whether it's like with cocktails, like nerding out about everything, whether it's coffees, like it's kind of this intentional thing, nerding out with everything. And I feel like when you get in that world, a lot of the descriptors about uh, different flavors you're getting are actually really nasty. Like if you're drinking scotch, it's like, well, you get like this Band-Aid, like rubbery. Like, no, that doesn't sound good, Yeah. but it is totally good. It's awesome. Completely. Same with like vinegar. I don't know. But when you add some fruit and you add totally. a little bit of sugar yep. and you all those ingredients yeah. marry together to yeah. form something that's better than the individual parts, yeah. you just get this incredible, you know, reaction to it that, you know, I... I think back, you know, we're here at Parlor, and you know, it was almost two years to the day. I'm sitting 30 feet away at this cocktail class. Yes. I discover shrubs, and you know, it's a good question for you. When was the last time you were ever truly surprised or shocked by something? And and that's what happened to me. We we attended oh, a cocktail class yes. here. Yes. They were teaching about shrubs. My wife was here with me and my uh, some two of our really good friends who were. Yeah. We just wanted to learn about cocktails. Yeah. That's all. And I was when she said the word shrub. I it's the first I'd ever heard of it ever. Yeah. And then, so that was okay. Here's cool. I'll learn about something new. And then I tasted it and, and just had that epiphany moment where, yes. oh my God, that it, like it was massive just, aha. You're like, oh, right. What have I been missing? Right. And totally. if you think about it, I'm, I'm totally. Shoot, I'm 43 now. I can't yeah. remember the last time it happened. Maybe yeah. I, when I fell in love, I guess. You yeah. Know, so. Okay. <laughs> but right, like, okay. All right. Like yeah, marriage, yeah. marriage and like shrubs. Yeah, just right. Like, oh, half a centimeter down from the marriage. Together yeah. forever. Totally. You know, in infamy. Yeah. yeah. So was it the same for your wife? Because you had this moment, was she in the same place, or yeah, was it mainly we, a you? We were all blown away. We had never heard of okay, them. In yeah. fact, all 18 people at this cocktail class that Parlor has every yeah. so often on Saturdays, none but nobody had heard of shrubs. They did a little informal really? poll, and not a single one of us. And so, yes, we all fell in love with them. I fell head over heels for them. And, you know, as sad as this was, at the bar... On the spot, we start doing research on, okay, is anybody doing this? Are there national brands, right? Because they probably made their own. Exactly, yep, yep. So they're, you know, it's it's vinegar, it's fruit, it's cane sugar, or any kind of sugar, and that's it. I mean, and they marry together for a while, and there's a whole process involved. Yes. Um, but uh, but yeah, these incredible cocktail high-end places will make their own shrubs, which yeah. is great. Okay. I'm trying to make shrubs for the common man and the common yeah. woman who can just uh, can make their own killer cocktails and mocktails at home yeah. in a second. You that's know? cool. It's, yeah, yeah. it's just the instant. I mean, because if you are doing cocktails at home, there's so many factors. I met with, uh, I interviewed Nick Kosovic. He did. Who's awesome, and yep. with Bitter Cube, and his... I was I was even confused meeting with him and I love cocktails making them at home but it's like there's so much like where do you even start with that yeah. and it sounds like this is an all in one just pick your get a gin and put this with it and you have an instant complex like great cocktail first and foremost that was an incredible podcast I mean, Nick, oh, Nick is a genius I mean he's oh, just dude, a Nick is great he's a cocktail yeah. I've never met the guy I, yeah. well I've met him he doesn't know who I am but we've yeah. I've, he's served me some cocktails and yeah. I, I consider him to be on a completely different end of the spectrum than me I don't know Jack about cocktails. To be perfectly honest with you, I, you know, okay. I just know uh, yeah. that a shrub makes a great cocktail, and yeah. so what I'm trying to do is is democratize kick-ass cocktails yes. and mocktails, if that makes sense. Oh. So whereas Nick can do, give you, you hand him three or four ingredients, and he'll make something that'll yeah, yeah. make your head explode. My goal is to give you something that you sit at home and you pour a shot of shrub, a shot of your favorite spirit, a splash of soda water, and in eight seconds you have an unbelievable drink. That you can impress your friends with, that you can impress yourself with. Yes, and and oh, not man, muddle, so cool. yeah. not infuse yeah. uh, ingredients, not slap herbs. Yes. You know, so it brings out the essence of them. That's that stuff's great, but it's Thank not for you. everybody. Yeah, um, yeah. Thanks, these look great. Man, you know what you made me think of when you just said that? It makes me think of story. Like when you, by the way, cheers. Oh, this cheers, is, cheers, oh, absolutely. Man. Thank you. It's a parlor. Mm. See, that's oh, crazy. On. That's a crazy cocktail. The seasonal smash. The seasonal That's smash. That's Knob Creek bourbon and peach rooibos and mint and lemon, and it's amazing. And it's also uh, $13. Yeah. 
And it should be $13 because it's yeah. incredible. It's just like a piece of art. It's worth every penny. Yeah. And you and I are going to have probably three or four of them. And we're going to walk out of here with a bill over 100 bucks. <laughs> and that's great. But you and I, we can't do that every week totally. or twice Absolutely. a week. Oh, man, this is so good. Everything you're saying is just blowing my mind right now. Because um, here's how we translate it, what you're doing. I think you have... Uh, it's all about story. So to me, the greatest thing about... Uh, a cocktail and a great beer and a, like a really great wines anything like that about a drink is it makes you be in the moment it like adds value to your moment and so like you say coming here it's worth it we don't do this all the time like this little drink makes a great story for the weekend you have people from out of town whatever it is you come here you have a great cocktail you remember that night because it's out of the ordinary yeah doing stuff at home is like that too having the great beer it puts you in the moment having the great wine great cocktail but what people miss out on when they're intimidated by the cocktail, in my opinion, from what you're saying, is that they're missing out on when you make a cocktail, you get to enter into that story of it. So no longer is it, hey, check out, I, I just spent the money and bought this, and now we, I pour it for you. Yeah. No, now I got these ingredients, and I made it. And so it's the same like awesome moment, but now you are a part of that, making it and providing that for someone. And yeah. for me, like the enjoyment of making some a cocktail just levels up everything when you're at home. Even if it's a great beer, whatever it is, like you get to make something for someone. So you are stepping in and like, oh man, I don't want to say training wheels, but this is like the, it's the, cause it's not training wheels because we've made this and it stands up to great cocktails, but you are like, hey, you've never done this before. It's like the first step into it. Yeah. It's like a great, like, oh man, don't be intimidated. Come just take this and you can just put it together and instant I, you awesome. Know, I, I, everybody, there's, a, there's an element to everyone that they want to be surprised. They, wanna, they want things that are easy. You know, they want to enjoy a moment together or in conversation. And if you have a great cocktail that, or a mocktail or a soda that helps make that situation flow or more, you know, more uh, comfortable, yeah. then, then that's terrific. How did you hear about, like, Parlor Bar and, uh, like, their cocktail classes? You had a friend? Well, gosh, here's a... Give that to me. This may be a longer story than, uh, than you want, <laughs> but it's, it there's me. a little yeah. bit of a journey here. Yeah, so, give it to me. Give me the journey. Guys, so I, I spent almost 20 years at General Mills. So mm -hmm. I, I had a corporate white-collar upbringing from the day I graduated college. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, I, I, 1996, I was East Coast, grew up in Virginia, graduated on May 15th. On June 1st, I mm -hmm. had a job. Yeah. And so never knew anything else. That's it. That was kind of the life that I wanted. Yeah. I wanted to make money and rise up to the corporate ladder and yeah. just see where that journey took me. And so oh. I was in six different cities in five years and moving around and doing different accountabilities with, within that sales career. And, and um, you know, in 20, after uh, almost 20 years, it was over. It was over. And so, uh, you know, General Mills had, was going through some really tough times with you know, in the world of, of packaged foods and significant layoffs here in the Twin Cities. And I was caught up in the layoffs. And it was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. You know, I, I met my wife at General Mills. Um, we have two kids today. She is still there. She's still okay. employed. And uh, so she brings home the benefits and the salary yeah. and the stability. And <laughs> totally, I'm having all the fun. Totally. But, um, you know, I owe everything to that company from a skill set perspective, from a success perspective, from um, from everything it taught me. And it was it was over and so um, I then got to set off on this journey to figure out what, what's next. Oh. This is like midlife crisis yeah. zone, right? Yeah. So <laughs> totally. I, I hope we talk more about my wife, KC, because she's the greatest. And, and yeah. we had an incredible conversation. You know, you had that initial moment of, whoa, what, what just happened? Um, but quickly um, overcame that with like, just think of the possibilities that I can now explore. I can either go to a different big company uh, I love the world of food. I can stay in food. I can go to a smaller company within food. I can, um, I can do um, anything else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell me, but tell yeah. me about that. Tell me about the moment you uh, you get laid off. Yeah. Like there's this like gray gap that nobody talks about between that and like the positivity. Was that a really? Is that a short gap for you? Or are you like a naturally positive person? Like seeing the great things. I am naturally positive. Okay. It, it was a day. I, a day? I, I, you're allowed to have one yeah, bad day. Totally. Oh, absolutely. And you know that one bad day quickly turned into. An incredible night. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I got uh, I got let go at I don't know nine thirty in the morning, and by four o'clock, all my closest friends were at a bar celebrating, and we were celebrating a 
a, an amazing career. Yeah. That, uh, you know, look, bad things happen oh. to good people all the time. And so, you you know, I, I, had a, I had a great friend fly up from Chicago, and, and uh, you know, he realized it was a tough time. So he jumps on a plane at noon. He's there by 3, and he's in the bar with us drinking. And so that's when you really know, okay, what's really Man. important in life. And so That's so inspiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was incredible. So cool. Yeah. So we spend this evening. Yeah. You know, and these guys, you know, I'm a firm believer. Look, you got to surround yourself with some real people like n- not just friends not just family but I'm talking about real friends that will um, call you on your BS when you need to be called on your BS will lift you up when you need to be lifted up not just yes men and women but people that are they're yeah. honest and true people and I have I am fortunate to, uh, fortunate enough to have six or seven people in my life that we get together on a weekly basis still and it's a lot of uh, it's a it's a really honest relationship we have with each other where we we call each other on a lot of stuff and when we need to be honest we're honest and when we need to give a lot of each other you know a bunch of shit we do and it's it's uh it's extremely healthy so that that's what happened that night and very quickly i went from oh gosh i'm really i'm really sad to oh my gosh the potential and so man that's crazy how like if if left alone the difference between like just sitting at home like alone (laughs) with it's like even if it's just you and your wife, like going through that, where the difference between that and like having that community around a support you. staff. Oh yeah. my gosh! So we, so Casey and I sit down the next day, and she's like, you know what? You've got, I mean, the beauty of working in corporate America for the same company for 20 years is you get a nice severance package. So I had a I had basically a year. Come to, on, yeah. To do <laughs> yeah nothing yep. if I wanted to, and so we very quickly agreed, and with her support, like, look, go do whatever you want for a year, and you'll figure something out. And so I got to have this this healthy midlife crisis with one rule: yeah. do not destroy the family. You're okay, <laughs> yeah, totally. you can't leave. Yeah, so and don't bankrupt the family. Yeah, yeah, so two yeah. rules. Two okay, rules. two rules. So I set off on this journey to do the things that I always wanted to do but never had the time. Oh. You snap your fingers and twenty years are gone. Well, yeah. I always want. I love the world of magic. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to rattle off a bunch of different things I did, which are ridiculous. Oh, some of them. So I love this. So I sat down with a magician every Monday morning at a coffee shop in South in Minneapolis. Town? Okay. In town, yeah. And he, this guy taught me magic tricks. Really? And my goal was like, look, my kids love magic. I'd love to entertain my yes. kids with some magic. So, so that was one thing. Um, you know, I love the world of wine. So yeah. I, I think the world of, there's a theme here, the world yeah, of yeah. beverages. So, yeah, so totally. wine, I just, I'm so fascinated and intrigued by it. I thought, hey, maybe I'll get my sommelier certification. So I took and passed the first level sommelier certification through the Court of Masters sommeliers. Yeah. And yeah, so that was, that's one, easy. was one. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, yeah, it, was, it wasn't no, easy, but it was no, really fun. You, know, I, you learn Man. more than you ever want to know about totally. the world. So that was one thing. Um, I love sports and baseball yeah. and the twins. It's like, hey. Yeah. I'm I gonna, saw you were at the, doing some twin stuff. I, I was an I, usher for the twins yes, last I summer. Love it. So just day it. games during the week. And so I lowered the average age by 30 years of, of yeah. the ushers in, on staff. And so, you know, 12, 13 times last year, I usher for the twins. I bought a bike. I hadn't owned a bike yeah. in 20 years. Um, and so I did all these really silly, fun things, yes. got in shape. And, and, um, and one, the other thing, finally back to the world of shrubs. I mean, this is fascinating. I yeah, love this. Yeah. This so, is so, so good. So the other thing was cocktails. Okay, it, yeah. I wanted to make a better cocktail. Back to our reason why that's something that always, you know, eluded me forever. So Parlor Bar does these cocktail classes, yeah. you know, three, four times a year on Saturday afternoons. And we signed up for one. And that's where we sat 30 feet away on June 27th of 2015. And we walked into this bar and Missy Kissling at the time, now Missy Hughes, who's gotten married, okay. she introduces syrups and shrubs as the theme. And that's the moment where I fell in love. And, Just and the journey. Yeah. And it was, it was six months into the severance, into, into yeah. the layoff period. <laughs> so you get kind of the pressure starting to kind of kick right. in a little bit. Yeah. Right. And at that bar, we, my, Casey and I exchanged this, this look. And it was like, this is it. I have oh. found the calling. I'm oh, going to figure out cool. how to start a food company. Yeah. I know the world of big food, all the back-end stuff I've got. Yeah. But I don't know how to start a company, so I immersed myself from that moment yeah. into the world of starting a business. Okay. And how do you make shrubs? Yeah. And where do you source products? And how do you set up, set up a, a, a corporation? And how do you pay taxes and get licensed and yeah. commercial kitchen? Everything involved with starting a business. Yeah. That was my life for the next six months. And, and what we figured was, look, Figure this out, how to start a business. And if it fails, great. Now you have the startup experience. You have the back-end, big company, food experience. Now you can go get any job you want. That was kind of the thinking. And here we are two years later with a little small company. And it's still um, rolling. And it's rocking. It's great. It's, you know, we're in... 
30 stores here in the Twin Cities. Yeah. We're on Amazon Prime now. Yeah. We are we have our own little website. The sky's the limit, and oh, we're just man. we couldn't be more inspired man, by it. Okay. Yeah. I, so anyway, that was I, a lot of talking. No for man, I love story. that, and yeah. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna keep this rolling because I'm curious about this. When I'm out of that, you have on one hand you've got this magician, like you're <laughs> like I'm gonna take this magic class with this guy, right? So you did this for a little while. And then on the other hand, you have this cocktail class. You take it. So what was the difference between the two that you were... Because like, when you met with the magi- magician, you probably weren't the first time like, this is it. I'm yeah. going to be a magician. Well, no, no. That was, that was more, hey, I want a skill that I can impress my kids okay, and their friends. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, so that was a, a, yep. a, a family bucket list item yeah. where, hey, look at that guy over there doing yeah. magic. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's so good. I that's love that. that. Now, the twins piece... Um, I'm good for now. Thank you. The twins piece was I had this uh, this this dream of how cool of a story would it be for this guy to be a, to start as an usher in the twins organization and work his way up to working Come for on. Thad Levine in the front office like how cool yeah, would that totally. be so, so that was a little bit of the you know yeah, that yeah. lasted one summer yeah um, a great example of something you think would be awesome that just turned out to be gosh a, yeah. not as great as you totally <laughs> as you yeah once be. you get on the inside I really totally. enjoyed it but it's yeah, not something so I could do for yeah, yeah. you know more than oh, a yeah. summer professional ushering yeah so but, yeah. right 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 yeah. Yeah. but great on the resume who doesn't love an usher experience on the resume right yeah. so <laughs> so, that, so um, it was all about experiences yeah, yeah. and just trying to live just my life in a way that I never would if I had yeah. a full time job when I was thinking when I was driving here I was thinking about this uh Something just kept coming to the front of my mind, uh, and it's this whole zero to one. This hmm. guy named Peter Thiel has a book out, yeah. and this thought of like the hardest step is zero to one. Like we all have, the, we all have a ton of friends who like how many, how many people have like ever said like I've got a great idea for a company, yeah. and then nothing ever comes of it. Yeah. I would love to hear about that. You sat at the bar, you look at each other, the oh man, shrubs like this is it. Okay, what what like what went from there to one to get you? to take that step and was it the hardest step you know the the power of time enables you to reflect on what really went wrong in my general's career <laughs> and I and this is, these are all good things yeah, I, yeah. you know my last three or four years I was in a job that I loved the company I loved yep. the people and the job was just a job everything yeah, else yeah. kind of what made the job tolerable I didn't love it and I think as I reflect on it you know what I wasn't my best in that role it's just because it, it wasn't something that got me out of bed ripping off the covers and racing to work to say let's go do more category management it, 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 so so I think as I reflect on it it just it, I was um, I wasn't doing probably the job that I could have done had I loved the work yes. if that makes sense man when I tripped my times in Japan yeah. was I this word I won't even try to pronounce but the, the word means like what gets you out of bed in the morning yeah, like yeah, what yeah. drives you and so that sounds like that's what you're talking about exactly. like, that, like that thing that actually drives you you're pumped to go to work right and I've since figured out that you know as you move up in any organization yeah. the, the more responsibility you get the less you actually do yeah. if that makes any sense yeah. you get into le- leadership roles and I had a team of 40 to 50 people that yeah. your job becomes more strategic more uh, direction setting um, inspiring people around a plan and a strategy yes. yeah. and then but you the the workers do the work and as I look back on what I really love to do I love to work I love to do things the thing you got into it passionate about right. you're no longer doing I even no longer that doing, at all right? yeah. and I never it was such a gradual move that you never realize like wait a minute I'm no longer doing stuff how do I fix that and yeah. so that's why I say the power of time gives you the opportunity to reflect on that stuff and so that's why it's sitting you know when I stumbled across this idea I was like okay I'm gonna go learn how to start a company that requires you to do things and actually execute and have a plan and then physically go oh yeah um, execute against that and so yeah. and that was really the spark to say you know what I got to get back to doing stuff yeah and so that's why I was so inspired that's why I knew I had the right yes. idea let me go get my hands dirty again totally let me figure start this out on my from own scratch. Yeah, get inspi- inspire oh, totally. myself yeah and, and then, um, you know, and I found I inspired my, my friends and family, too. Like, yeah. they saw me, like, you know, <laughs> totally. they saw me actually doing things, and they want to know more about it. And it's all around uh, the world of alcohol and cocktails and sodas. Yeah. So it's just like, like, that's really cool stuff. Yeah. They want to know what, what was happening. So I, I've also learned that um, throughout that process, I can now teach other people yeah. how to do the same thing. And that's, that's Man, um, isn't it so really funny? Cool. Everything you're saying right now about inspiring other people is the reason you and I are sitting right here and I'm not I refuse to do a music podcast and because like 
inspiration, like you being inspired about something, like maybe someone that's listening will never like dive into doing their own shrub company or whatever, starting their own small business. But like seeing someone else take that chance or doing something they love inspires other people to be like, it almost gives people permission, I feel like. Yeah. Like, oh man, okay, like maybe maybe I can do this. Like maybe I do have permission to yeah, so like you step know, out and take that risk. And I really hesitate to, you know, it's it's so easy to say like, oh, go, you got your idea, go. But look, these people have a living to make. They have families to support. Yeah, I was put in a situation where I got to do it. You know, I didn't have a, you know full time employment, and so I empathize a lot with people that are really stuck. And and um, you know, it's why like um, as I listen to your, if we can okay. talk about your podcast yeah, now, you, you've had some incredible guests, and I I I love a lot of the messages that they've delivered. Yeah. And, and there's been a couple where the message has been early on in your life, like, look, don't worry about making a career, making a living. Go experience and do things. That's the yes. time to do it. I actually take a little bit of a different approach to that, knowing my my background and just how I've come up. You can actually do both. There's not there's not two roads that are completely independent. Yeah. I think a lot of people think there's one road that's I'm going to have a desk job and go to corporate America, and the other one is like, nope, I'm just going to travel and live and experience and figure it out. You can actually do both. Okay. You can get a great corporate job and a career and still have flexibility to go travel and that's exactly what I did yes so all the while you are making some money and banking some money and also developing a skill set that will help you yeah when you finally figure out what it is you really want to do and yeah. so I really I hesitate to give people advice in their early years to just go explore and find yourself and I yeah. just I, I just um because I think if you can get some expertise early in your career and sock away some money, it makes it easier to then leave that career and then go explore because you have a little bit of security behind you. Absolutely. If that makes sense. I 100%, so, yeah. 100% makes sense. Okay, tell me this then. You're yeah. talking about skills and expertise. I think about um, there's so many skills outside of what the public sees you do. So I'm curious about like what's a skill that you learned through your career at like General Mills that nobody would have any idea that it's such a big deal for you right now in your twisted shrub? I love that question. I, I would say listening skills. I mean, the ability to listen to other people is something that I think you really, is a, is a characteristic that is, um, it's hard to teach. You know, it, I think people, they tend to, as they move up in their career, think it's less about listening and more about leading through uh, communication, leading through strategy and saying, this is what you're going to do. That is critical. Uh, but it's that next step after you set a strategic direction and then after you inspire the people to do it, your ability to then listen to them and give you feedback and then you actually, not just hearing them, but listening to them and then you change yes. potentially, that sends an incredibly powerful message to people that, hey, this isn't just that guy's in charge and what he says, we're going to go take that hill. This is, hey, he set a good strategic direction. We like it. Is he flexible enough to tweak it based on the input and, and feedback yes. that we, the boots on the ground, actually have? Yeah. That is extremely powerful. That, so listening skills is a big one. The other one is empowerment and just um, letting people go do their job. Gosh, I, I tried to make a concerted effort when people came to me with projects in my former job with, that they were in charge of. The power of just simply saying, you got it, go, go execute. This is perfect is like you just see it come across people like, oh my gosh. Not that you can't go tweak it later, but you just, your job is to get people ripping off those covers yes. in the morning like we talked about before <laughs> totally. and racing to work to execute. And if you can get that done, uh, you can tweak along the way, but just empowering people to go get stuff done. Yeah. That's a skill that I, you know, maybe I took it for granted at the time, but I, I think um, is, uh, you know, I don't have any employees yet. Yeah. I can't wait to hire people and employees yeah. and empower them to go execute the Dude, Twisted I'm Trump so vision, pumped for so. anybody that gets to work under you. That's oh, so God. awesome, man. Too kind. That's Thank you. Sweet. Thank you. Um, so, okay, so you are you, like, are you naturally good at that? Like, are the, like the nis listening and the empowering, like, is that something that you just naturally got better at? Or was there, like, a moment that you're, like, actually suck at this and need to get better? I think I'm an inclusive leader, for lack of a better word. I, you know, I, I like to have people engaged in the process. Um... It's not my it's strong, just a natural values for you. Yeah, okay, yeah it's yeah, not my yeah. strong suit to say, okay, I am in charge of the strategy and this is what we're going to do. Now, which is all the more interesting because now I actually am in charge of the strategy. It's this is now my company. So, I am put I put myself in a uncomfortable spot where okay, it is up to me now to go 
uh, uh, drive the direction of this of this business? And where do I want to go? And do I want to peel off into other segments and have new brand extensions? And so, um, to answer your original question, yeah, I, I, I love the interaction with people. I love hearing ideas. And I, I love trying to get everybody involved in the process. One of the best moments I had in my career was maybe a, a couple decades, it was about a decade ago, and I, I had a boss who, it was performance review time of the year where you, you get your evaluation for the year, which is typically a one-way conversation of here's what you did, here's what you didn't do, here's your rating, et cetera. And I can still distinctly remember uh, the conversation being, um, at, the, at the end it was, hey, what, this is the boss talking, yeah. what can I do better to help make you more successful? Oh, cool. And I was so blown away by the question. Yeah. It's something I hadn't considered. It was yeah. typically that's, hey, I'm here to get my review, yeah. and now I'm going to give you a mini review on what you can do better. But it was a great <laughs> question. I really took that to heart was, you know, you, you, you may be in charge of something, but the people that work for you or around you, to have them give you input on what you're doing, what they think you're doing well, is really powerful. Yeah. And so I try to incorporate that into everything I do now is give me some feedback. Which is interesting because how, hum- how much humility and like confidence it takes. Like, vulnerability is the word I love. It. Yeah, it's, it's, it, being vulnerable yeah. is really, really hard and um, it's really powerful. And I, I, um, I always used to tell the people that worked with me and for me, like, I, I, want you, I want you asking me questions. I want, here's something else I've, from a couple of the other podcasts. I, I love this insight, but I don't agree with it. And that's the fake Come it till yeah. the fake it till you make it okay. concept. Yes, I am. I'm actually. I'm an anti fake it till you make it guy. <laughs> yes. Okay. Give it to yeah, me. No, give it, yeah, I just, break I'm, that down. Yeah. I, I, I'm. Look, if I'm gonna task you with, you know, if, if you're gonna start in an organization or a business or a small company, whoever it may be, the people you're working for want to see you progress and be successful. It only makes them more efficient and effective and the company successful. The way to do that is to ask a million questions about what you're supposed to be doing. And so I just, I, I always encourage my, my people to say, okay, fire a million questions at me because what that shows me is you actually care yes. and you're not just trying to figure out things on your own, yeah. which is crazy inefficient. And then if you're ever put in a position where you actually have to so yeah. showcase your skills and you fall on your face, now I look terrible because I wasn't developing you to do the job yeah. you're supposed to do. I and trusted so, you that you had yes. it together. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but, but that's so much easier said than done yeah. to be vulnerable to say, okay, Rob, I have nine questions about how to play bass. Yeah. Uh, here's the, 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 how I would compare it. If uh, like a play, like it's say the, the, we're doing Hamilton. Yeah. And you're Win Manuel Miranda. Okay, yeah, you're yeah. The, you know, the lead guy, <laughs> right? Well, there's a protege under you when yeah. you are going to take a day off. Yeah. That's got to come fill in for yeah. you. The understudy, yeah. That's got to fill in for you. And if that guy is faking it till he makes it, and then the day comes where he's got to fill in for you and he's terrible, well, think of the impact that has on the whole production. Yeah. It's terrible. So that yeah. guy should be peppering you, Lynn. Yeah. You know about how am I doing and what am I doing a good job and what should I be doing on this intro and this song, etc. Uh, so I just now, if that goes on for six months, we got a different problem. Yeah. But initially you should be asking a million questions and being really vulnerable. What it, I think it, what it does is the opposite of what you yeah. think it does. It shows that you actually care and you want to get better at what you do and you want to learn quickly. Um, and so, so that's, uh, that's something I've really always taken with me. Is Yeah. Where do you find the balance? Do you ever feel like um, that inquisitiveness could be detrimental? Are there any drawbacks to that? I think you learn pretty quickly if people are open to your questions. And okay. then you just, I mean, it's a, it comes down to reading people. Like if, you know, um, I look at it, uh, let's use our Certix interaction as a great, you know, you asked me a million questions that day. Yeah. All that did for me was inspire me to be like, okay, this guy wants to learn. He wants yes. to know more about shrubs. And he really cares about either my product or our story or he, he cares about something. Yes. So I'm all in. And that's why you and I talked for a long time. And here we are doing this podcast now. Well, you know, you would have been able to tell really quickly if I was terribly annoyed by all the questions. Yeah, and look, totally, buddy, you should know what shrubs are. Yeah, You're at Cervix. Yeah, Come on. Move along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the only way you know that is to make yourself vulnerable and start asking those questions. And so, look, I mean, people are going to think what they think. Uh, you know, I'm a pleaser. I think you're a pleaser too from my listening to all the work you've done. And, but that's okay. Look, if you if people aren't pleased by, you know, how you're cool. making their lives either comfortable or uncomfortable, then move on. You just gotta move on. Yeah. With it and make. It, yeah. Oh man, I I love that the willingness to make yourself vulnerable in that moment, whether it's a CEO asking for feedback and like, and I think that all the all that stuff. Anyway, I'm just I'm. It's taking me a while. Like. 
process this because I'm because I really am resonating with that thought of uh, not BSing your way like not it's almost like a form of lying there is a form of like the fake it till you make it where you're lying and pretending you've got it all together I mean we live in the world of like social media yeah. and like Instagram where everybody you need to like pretend like you've got it all together because yeah. people hire people that have it together but at the same time like there's so much more long term value of being, being vulnerable Oh, it's not good. a masculine thing to be vulnerable. It just isn't. It's not, you know, and so it's it doesn't come naturally, I think, to a lot of people. But the power of it is, I think, it's uh, it's extreme, and it's something I've, uh, I've I've learned and really taken to heart. And we we talked about this support group that I've got with all my buddies. We go we go out every Thursday night, and uh, there's some vulnerability in that group where look, people put themselves out there, and um, you know, those are where relationships relationships truly get deeper and more impactful and more important in your life. The other thing I've learned that I don't have a ton of experience in is, yeah. is how important winning really is. Like winning in the competitive spirit in anything you do is so critical. And I've thought about um, in my life, I'm 43, I've only won, like truly competed and then won like a title twice in my life. The first one was in fifth grade Robius Elementary School. There was a two-square tournament for the entire grade. Do you know what two-square is? Bouncy ball. You hit the ball oh, back yeah, and forth yeah. between the squares. Is it like we had four-square? Yeah, right. But it's We're, but it's just two-square. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same game. So it's yes, a little bit yes. more intricate. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then one-on-one -on -one action for the whole grade. So 400 kids. Yep. I won the boys' title, and I can still to this day remember that feeling of winning. Of of competing against yes. an adversary or whoever, you know, a, a, an opponent, and then yep. winning and the feeling that gave me of accomplishment. Yeah, I'm not talking about winning awards or winning gifts from people. Like something where it's up to you to beat the other person is is a is a um, a feeling I think that I worry is softened. And I, I have two kids that are they're 10 and 8, and they're amazing, and they play in sports, and winning is de-emphasized, and it's, I... I Everybody gets a participation yeah, trophy, which is, you never feel let down. Right, yeah. and they're learning great skills, they're yeah. learning teamwork, and I, yeah. I love everything about the sports, but yeah. um, I, and I've seen some sparks of when my kids win their games, like, you just, you want to see that, that there's that competitive spirit inside of people. I think that helps you in life. Uh, instead of just relying on the experience, I hear that a lot. Like, you know, oh, just but the experience you learn along the way—that's just as valuable. I completely disagree. It's yes. crazy valuable, but it's not as important as the feeling you get when you actually win something. And, you know, Wimbledon's going yeah. on right now, and yeah. think about like a tennis tournament or whatever. When these guys win, they fall flat on the grass or the surface, and they're like—you can just see the emotion that comes yes. with. Yes. So having that competitive spirit in whatever you do to try to win, I think, is really a trait that you need to yes. take with you. Yeah. Because it, it teaches okay. you about um, overcoming obstacles and what it feels like to win. And so I, I think about it now, yeah. and I equate it back to this shrub world that I'm living in when we're at farmer's markets or selling one-on-one. Like, I don't think of it as win-lose, but the, 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 high, the natural high you get from taking someone from no awareness of shrubs to handing you over 10, 12 bucks, whatever it may be, you kind of won that interaction. Now the job yes, is to keep absolutely. that relationship alive. But it's like, there's, there's, a, mm -hmm. there's a spirit there that I think will drive you in other aspects of your life to always totally. want to accomplish something. And I, I, I try to instill that in my kids all the yeah. time that um, it's important. It's not win at all costs. Don't be a jackass the way, you know, compete. Yes. And if you lose, that's okay too. Yes. You'll learn from losing, but man, when you can win, trust me, when you feel that, you'll know it. Yeah. You'll want more of it. And it'll instill that drive in you to keep pushing and working yeah. harder. Yep. Man, it makes you think of confidence. But I recently heard someone talk about, like, what, do you have advice for someone? Like, how do you instill, how do you get confidence? And we're in a world like, just like repeat over and over, like, I can do it, I can do this. But his deal was like, he thought it was a, a total load of crap. His deal was like, if you want to instill confidence in yourself, 
he's like, do something, and, and I guess it would relate to, in his words, it was essentially like, win. Do something and win, and get, get a win under your belt, and that will instill confidence. It'll give you the drive to do the next thing. Yes, I love that. Because a win can be anything. A win yeah. can be like a small win. A, a win can be, a, making a decision can be a win. Like, okay, you know, yeah. just like yeah. actually making the call on something. Mm-hmm. You call that a win, That's, like, because it's yeah. like, you know, I heard a great, a great talk by Colin Powell. Remember that guy, Colin oh, yeah. Powell, oh, yeah. Secretary? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he gave a great. He calls not a, that young of a millennial. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Just want to be sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. I don't know if it's his rule, but yeah. he subs- prescribes Vice to President the, Colin Powell. Yeah. Go <laughs> yeah, on. Right, right. I think that's right. <clears throat> he prescribes to the forty seventy rule of mm. never make a decision with less than forty percent of the information you need to get there. But never wait longer than when you have 70% of the information you need to make a decision. And his point is, like, look, intuition and gut and then information to make a call and then make the call and go. It's the people that wait from 70 to 100% that are constantly churning and looking for answers and self-help guides and always looking for the next piece of input to help them make the decision. And that's the people that just churn and don't do anything and so I I love that it's like yeah. oh, look I've got what I need yep. it's kind of like when we were sitting over there 30 feet away on shrubs we did enough homework to realize there's not a lot of national there's no national players there's no one here regionally at the time there's um, a huge apple cider vinegar push and so we had enough it's information like time. let's go yep. and we made the call and we went yep versus doing a year of consumer research and a year of marketing research and, and you doing didn't do surveys. None. You didn't do, I, no, wait, wait, you didn't did do no research. Yeah, yet. totally. So that I, I, I can still remember making that decision was like, okay, now we chart our course towards execution. We won that decision-making process. So yeah, wins can be however you describe them, but, um, but I, I love the mentality of that and how you think about the act and the opportunity of winning is really important. People don't talk about the fact of you need to be, in order to do anything, you need to be the best in the world. And so that's a concept people uh, that people mistake by saying well, the best in the universe. No, the best in your world. If you, I, the only reason I get a gig is because I am the best in that world. I may be in that the world of my price range. I may be the world of my skill set. Whatever it is. Yep. Your shrubs better be the best in the in the world. Now that world may be your price range. It might maybe your demographic. Whatever that is, you got to be the best in it still. If that makes sense. It and does. That's so everything, yeah. that, no one talks about that. I think about the next evolution of this business. At some point, if I want to go really big with it, I need some help. I'll need either investors or I'll need partners or something. Well, if I'm an investor and I'm listening to my story, what do I want to hear? I want to hear that. Yeah. Why am I investing in the Twisted Shrub versus any other, not just shrub, but cocktail mixer or beverage mixer or soda like that's my job is to I gotta I gotta win the hearts and minds of the people that want to back or partner with me yes and, and that's it's a never ending it's a never ending process so um, it's you can you can apply winning to of course to everything and uh, it's always in the back of my mind what's yeah. the strategy to get to yes or to win so I, oh man that's so, the win the importance of a win and you can do it while being humble too. I mean, it's when you, you know, it doesn't have to be ultra aggressive or uber aggressive. It just needs to be, it just needs to be smart and it needs to be um, clearly articulated and messaged to people based on what they want to hear. And that, that is, um, that's an art that you never perfect. Hey guys, before I wrap up my conversation with Scott, I want to talk a little bit about logistics of recording a podcast live on location at different bars and restaurants. At this point in the conversation, we had to take a quick break to pay for our meters outside. The last thing I need during a podcast recording is to get my car freaking towed. So that's what we did. So while we're taking a break to feed the meter on our cars, I want to talk about Parlor Bar, where we're at recording this conversation. Okay, this is not a paid advertisement at all. I just think Parlor Bar is awesome. Side note, best burger in the Twin Cities. That's my opinion. If you disagree with me, feel free to take me out for a burger and prove me wrong at any point in time. But 
Parlor offers something I thought the fans of this podcast that live in Minneapolis would find interesting and maybe add value to you, and that's this. A few minutes ago, Scott was talking about at one of their classes, he had the idea with his wife for this shrub company. What he was talking about is every few months, Parlor Bar, and along with the other bars that they're connected with, they put on these classes that teach you how to make cocktails. So you could either be a seasoned cocktail coctologist, as Nick Kosovic talked in a few episodes ago, or you could be just someone that is passionate about making cocktails at home and wants to step up your game and learn from like the best of the best. I haven't taken one of these classes, but my understanding is it's two hours long, you pay 75 bucks, they've got food, you get cocktails there, and they take you through a full educational class breaking it down. And I'm pretty sure that each of their classes has a different theme. So if you wanna learn more about that, I'll have their information up on the show notes at thecuriouspod.com if you wanna check that out too, along with a link to their website. But some of their classes coming up are July 29th and August 26th. So one of those is just a week away. So head over there and check that out. Sign up if you're interested in that. And again, for any of you that maybe aren't up to the level of feeling like you're gonna take a class or you haven't made cocktails before, but you're still interested in that kind of stuff, head over to iTunes and rate this podcast five stars, leave us a question, and we'll select some winners this next week for free Twisted Shrub gear to step up your game at home. Once again, Twisted Shrub, part of the bar, not sponsors. I'm just constantly looking for ways that I can add value to things I think you'd be interested in, so check it out. All right, my old fashion's getting warm, so let's get back to my interview with Scott Dillon. Okay, we were, we were paying for our meters, and I was thinking about this conversation, and I'm like, okay, like, what is something I like, what's the, what's the, like, the wrapping, the whole, like, what's the wrapping of this whole conversation? I yeah. think I've kind of thought about it. <laughs> to me, how do you balance vulnerability and confidence, like, in your life, even, like, we've talked about so much more than that, but, like, how do you balance this, like, being vulnerable with people, so many great stories of, like, you, like, if you would have just been, like, shallow and not vulnerable with your friends when the real hard times came you wouldn't have had the guys that flew from Chicago yeah. to like, come hang with you yeah. like, how do you balance that and I think that goes a little bit further into how do you balance taking risk with being smart like all these things you talked about with career stuff the fake it till you make it stuff not asking questions like, like how do you balance being a risk taker and you gotta show up confident mm-hmm. but balance that with no, don't fake it. Never fake it. Just be yourself and be confident. But you can be confident too, and you can take risks. But at the same time, uh, like have a, you don't have to sacrifice a good-paying job and like uh, stability. I don't know. I you you packed a ton to that question. Yeah, it's so good. It's that question. Right. It's just like I love it. This whole conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm yeah. just thinking like, man, it's just like you just seem so balanced to me. Like the way you think about stuff is so calculative and balanced. I'm so, I'm so inspired. I want to be more like that. Uh, well, uh, you're, so you're, you're, you're still in your 30s. You're, yeah, you'll get there, you'll get there. Yeah. Get there yeah. Have a <laughs> midlife crisis and then you're, yeah, totally. you're, it'll yeah. all come. Yeah. yeah, totally. I love your first question about vulnerability versus confidence. I actually, I, I think the ultimate show of confidence is a significant, showing a significant amount of vulnerability. I really do. I think that's, so, so if I am to the, I don't want to use the word sophisticated, but to to a wise person yeah. that can see beyond stereotypes or boundaries of what people should or should not yeah. be, showing vulnerability is the ultimate reflection of confidence, especially for um, especially for someone that uh, is just getting started. You know, to, yeah. to ask a million questions and to not know what you're doing, and then to expose that to people. Yes. If they don't see that that is the an incredible amount of maturity mm-hmm. and confidence, then that's not the person you should be talking to about that situation. Does that make sense? One hundred percent. Yeah, I, I yeah, don't. Absolutely. Again, another classic, easier said than done thing to to put yourself out there. That was this guy going to think I'm weak. Or related, or am I, you know, or do I look dumb? Yeah. The reality is, for um, someone that you connect with on a level that's beyond just an acquaintance, they will understand, like, okay, this person's searching for help. Yeah. Think about the hardest thing that people, you know, they have an addiction or an affliction, the hardest thing to do is ask for help. Yeah. And you never do it because you don't want people to know you have a problem, that you're too weak to understand it. What's the, I, I do not want to compare the two, but it's a similar mindset that asking a million questions and being vulnerable shows people 
weaker minded people that you're that you are um, a simpleton or, or, or weak and I, I could not more disagree with that perspective than than, uh, than anything so oh that is oh man that's so do you heavy. agree that takes I mean it takes a mature mindset of um, just having confidence that yeah hey, if this guy thinks I'm lame I'm lame yeah I do agree, but here's the, here's the problem with but here's the problem yeah. with it, uh, and that that actually does agree with you. But the problem with the unfortunate part of life is that it takes someone like you, with your experience, being on both sides. You're now on the selling side. You've been yeah. on the hiring side. Yep. You've seen it yep. all. You've been the high up. You've been the startup. It takes mm. someone like you saying, like, this is actually truth. This is truth that the simpletons are going to think you're weak-minded. But the really powerful, the actual leaders are going to respect you for it. Right. The problem with me and the reason it stunted my growth mm-hmm. and took me so long to get to where I am today is because when you're starting out, you're only surrounded by other simpleton people or people that are weak-minded of like, why are you asking questions? Like, that's dumb. Don't ask questions. Fake it. So you're surrounded by people telling you not to like, that you should fake it and don't ask questions. But people don't know, like, the, the upper echelon is like, no, like, ask. Like, I'll respect you more. <clears throat> and yeah. the few people that get that are the people that get to that next level. I really strong leaders and smart people will, will sniff out the fake it till you make it people in a second. That's how they got to where they are. It's the people that show a genuine interest to get better, to oh. always be improving, that, uh, that are going to make it. Yeah. But you're right. The biggest hurdle internally for most people is, yeah, but that looks weak. Yeah. And look, I mean, it makes me feel, I look dumb. Yeah. And not educated and smart. But I would tell you the perception on the other side of the table could not be more of a 180 than that. It's, um, it's completely different. I, I, I truly believe that. If someone's not asking questions, they don't care. That's how I look at it. That's so heavy. That's so <laughs> not that heavy. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, man. If people, if someone's not asking questions, they don't care. That's it. Oh, that's totally. I truly it. believe that. I just. Um, uh, man, I believe that 100. percent Yeah. Uh, man, if there if if there's like a phrase that like could sum up what I hope with this podcast, yeah. that's it. Like if I could like ex- like express to people that by it's only by asking questions that you show that you care. Like that really is it. And so like that's success in life. That's winning. That's uh, yeah. Whatever whatever it is. That's it. Oh, I wish I would have had. The, I wish you and I could have hung out like five years ago. It saved me like a ton of time. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> Because like it's it's kind of like these convers- a conversation like this with you is actually kind of embarrassing for me because you say all these truths and I'm like oh yeah I actually totally resonate with that and I failed it this time and I can think of like 20 times I've totally failed and like oh yeah but I've only like held on to that no but you have to just learn it on no, your own yes I guess. you're still young yeah yeah in fact I have a great story about Guinness oh give it to me I know you guys love Guinness oh we love Guinness yeah. mother's milk when I was roughly your age. Maybe a little bit younger, so late 20s. I'm taking you back to the early, the late 90s, okay? It was one that I was, uh, Casey and I were in our early stages of dating, so still courting, okay? And we walked into a bar in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. And we settled up to the bar, and the bartender looks at me first and says, what will you have? And I said, oh, I'll have a Coors Light. He then looks at my wife and says, what do you have? And she says, I'll have a Guinness. Yeah. He then gives her this nod of appreciation, like, yep. And at the same time, glances back at me with this incredulous look of, hey, buddy, you thinking about changing that order? Step up. And I, I, did you? Did you I glanced it? down, I was like, and, and just very sheepishly said, I'll also have a Guinness. Yes. And it was, it was the moment where I thought to myself, like, Jesus Christ, Scott, get your shit together. Like, this is... <laughs> this is totally. worth the efforts. Like, I mean... Totally. And so, it just goes... Like, you think you got the world yeah. figured out at any age. Yeah. And you're just awakened just, by these moments yeah. where... Just get your someone shit together better than order you. a Guinness. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's totally... Someone better than you has it all figured out. Yes. And it was a wake-up call to me that, okay, this is the one I want to be with forever. Yeah. And, uh, so, anyway. I love that. Man... That makes me so pumped. I think about that too. There's something about 
There's something about a girl that actually likes Guinness. Yeah. I could spend the rest of my life with you. <laughs> Completely. Yeah, totally. Is it the dirty little secret that Guinness it's, is relatively totally, low in calories? I it's think like, so, yeah. it's like, I mean, totally. <laughs> but it's still. It's like the lowest calorie beer. I feel but like it's this, very, it's this in of itself should be a paid advertisement. It's so good. Uh, the, uh, so that's it. If you're listening and you're on a first date, see what she ask her if she wants a Guinness. Offer Guinness to her. And then you'll find out if you want to marry her or not. Right. Or if she, she orders, orders a Guinness. She orders a Guinness on her own. Yeah. Done. That's Just the one you want. Get on yeah. your knees right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so good. I've never ordered a Coors Light since. And yes. uh, ne- probably never will. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Man, that's a great wrap-up for this. This is so great. Thanks for hanging out with me and like sharing your wisdom. Uh, I just think it's I. I feel like I'm walking away like a better person because of this conversation. You're too kind. I uh, I loved every second of it. Uh, I, um, I'm humbled and honored that you, after a two-minute, three-minute conversation at Certix, that you picked up the phone and said, "Hey, can we chat in more detail?" Yeah. So, um, Man, what a great balance of like. Never underestimate your your random interaction. You meet someone at Certix on a random Friday night. Never like underestimate where you could meet someone that could change the way you think about life. Yeah. One, and then two on your side. Like never underestimate like the willingness to be like, hey, what I'm doing is awesome. Here's my card. This is great stuff, and you should be trying it. Like, yeah. like you never know. Like have the confidence. I don't know. That's it. Hey guys, this is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever you, you, you know, the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast, or else I'd have to tell you, podcasting makes me thirsty, and nothing quenches a podcast thirst, whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast, nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey, Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness? I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness, because it truly is made of more. That's all. All right. That's it, thanks. (laughs) Uh, I love that crap Alright, have a great week See you next Tuesday Anything else? Thanks for being here I got nothing Say the most random thing you can think of Yell it I got nothing The only word I can think of is formaldehyde (laughs) Perfect